This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Welcome to a bonus episode of The Future of What? I'm your host, Portia Sabin, president of the independent record label, Kill Rock Stars. Support for The Future of What? comes from Merch Table. With over 15 years of experience in merchandising, screen printing, tour support, and online fulfillment, Merch Table partners with artists and labels looking to jumpstart their business. Visit MerchTable.com to learn more and open a store today. Today, we talk to Cindy Wilson of the B-52s on the occasion of the release of her first solo album, Change. Support for the future of what comes from Sound Exchange. You're listening to the future of what. I'm talking to Cindy Wilson. My guest today is the one and only Cindy Wilson. Cindy, welcome to the future of what. Oh, hey, Portia. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you. Oh my gosh, this is so great. So we have been working <laughs> together for several months now on your record change, which comes out on December 1st, and we are all just so excited about it. So I wanted to have you on the podcast today to just talk a little bit about your life and your music and everything. This podcast is focused mainly on the music business, which at this point, after, geez, 40 years, almost 40 years in the business, Mm -hmm. you've probably got some ideas about. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's been forty years, and I have to finish for stuff. It's it's uh, B fifty twos. I mean, every year I think, well, it can't last that much longer. But we keep we keep going on, and uh, people keep coming to the shows. Yeah, so it's fantastic. I, and with the solo, it's it's really exciting, you know, to be doing something new and yeah. fresh, and yeah. and going out. And thank you for being my partner and making this happen. It's great. Oh, I'm so happy. I mean, everyone at my office, it's like a dream come true to work with you. So, you know, we're all very just so thrilled. And it's just been it's been super great. That's so good to hear. Thank you. When Dan approached us, first of all, Dan is your manager with the album. Mm-hmm. I was really blown away. I mean, I just was, you know, it's it's very different from the B-52s. This music is very different, but it's really, really good. And I really enjoyed mm-hmm. hearing the record. But then it was when I saw you guys live at South by Southwest last year that it really connected. And I was like, oh, my God, this is a phenomenon because you're great on stage and the band is fantastic. And you guys together work so well. Like it was so much fun. It's a dream come true, it definitely. I mean, I've got really smart, young, great musicians around me, and it's amazing to do, be doing these shows. And uh, when you saw us, we were tweaking the show a little bit more, and it was very raw. But I think we'll still maintain some of that rawness and the energy. We've been adding some up-tempo things, too. I don't think you've seen yet, but... No. but uh, I can't wait. It's fun. <laughs> and you yeah, guys, you're gonna love that. I can't wait. You guys are going out on tour really soon, like in a couple days. Yeah, we're um, starting here in Atlanta, and then we're we're going to be ending up. I forget the last date, but 
Yeah, we're going to be touring with the our records going to be coming out December 1st, as you know. Mm-hmm. And also the video for Brother, which is on the album, is coming out in a couple of days, which I'm, I'm really thrilled about. Yeah, and we got Lance Bangs to direct that, and it looks terrific. It's really exciting. I did, did you like it? Great. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought it turned out so great. You know, we filmed it. And I think you know, you know Jeremy Ayers, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, he passed about a year ago, and he was a very important person in Athens for artists and a major influence on people. And his passing, it was such a sad, sad event. But his, we got permission to film in his magic garden, which is outside of his house. And it just still had the energy of like a Midsummer Night's Dream, mm-hmm. you know, yes. and, and very mystical. And we felt, we really felt his energy there. And I was blown away how, how it turned out. I didn't know exactly. We kind of, Lance kind of let it happen. We had a, a loose plan. He had a loose plan. But, you know, he asked me what I thought we should do, too. And I told him, just let's pretend like we were teenagers and, and playing with a, with a Super 8, you know, <laughs> and just, being, just having fun, you know. And, and he, he listened to that, and that was really great. And he is, had such a great eye and such great instructions, too. And, and he, was, he was wonderful. He had wonderful energy. Yeah. And we did many shots, you know, even riding bicycles, you know, <laughs> at, at, midnight, at midnight, you know, in Athens, which was so much fun. Yeah. But I, I had a blast doing it. Oh, that's awesome. So that song, let's talk about that song, Brother. It was originally written by an Athens band called OOK. Yeah. And that band is sort of never is gone. Like they they didn't kind of go on to, to bigger things. But you knew that song from back in the day. Absolutely. I bought the single when it came out. And they were extremely important. They were like one of the stepping stones for Athens music, you know, and uh, they're one of them, you know. Mm-hmm. And even though they didn't get their a big, you know, blow up, they still influenced other artists. And yeah. that was really important. And in fact, the reason we put it on the album was there was a show at the Georgia Theater here in Athens. And it was during a time where there was art and photographs, and it was uh, celebrating bands, musicians from early 80s, late 70s, or, you know. And so we ended up doing a tribute. Uh, it was Ryan Lemuel, I, and other artists were doing tributes to early Athens bands. And so we did OK, we did Brother, and we did a couple of songs from Pylon, and we did R.E.M. and, and different, I think, uh, Love Tractor, too. But So it was a really cool event where, you know, we were saluting these great bands that are now defunct, but they, you know, but still mean a lot. And so when we went into the studio to do the record, we said, well, we got to do that, brother, see how it turns out. And so we put our spin to it yeah. and made it a little bit more manic and crazy and demented. <laughs> and it, it's one of our favorites. Yeah, it's one of my favorites, too. I really, that that song has a lot of resonance. I think it, it sort of works on a lot of levels. Wonderful. And I, I just love the way it sounds. It's very, 
It's very haunting. I always think of it. It's like exciting and haunting at the same time, which is kind of unusual for a song. But I love that about it. Yeah, I like that. And it's spinning wildly out of control. And uh, <laughs> so it, it, was a, it wasn't hard to hear it over and over again when we were shooting the video. Yeah. Which is great. You can tell if you really like a song, if you know, if you hear it over and over again. Yeah. And so we had a great time doing it. Yeah, and you still like it. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That was Brother by Cindy Wilson. If you're enjoying this program, please subscribe to our show on iTunes and leave us a review. To find out what's coming up next, follow us on Twitter at KRSFOW. Want an even closer look at issues we talk about on the show? Our monthly newsletter will keep you informed about news, upcoming events, episodes, and more. You'll also have access to exclusive offers and behind-the-scenes looks. Sign up at killerrockstars.com slash thefutureofwhat. You're listening to The Future of What? I'm talking to Cindy Wilson. So you're with these younger people, these awesome musicians from Athens. Yeah. How did you get hooked up with Ryan Monahan in the first place? Well, you know, he's, he came from Connecticut originally. 
And but he moved to Athens after college, I think. And well, actually, it started with my son's tenth birthday, and it was a Beatle birthday <laughs> and the Beatle themed birthday. My husband decorated the house up and down. Beetle posters and everything, and we had everybody came dressed up as a character in the entourage or, or, or whatever it had to do with the Beatles. And so my husband hired Ryan, Ryan, which who had a, a Beatle tribute band. So, <laughs> and uh, we, we hired them, and it turned out to be the best thing we could have done. They rocked the party, and I'm telling you, adults and kids. And then, and then later, we have kept hiring Ryan and his band because they were so great, such good musicians. And then, you know, it started. I mean, I could really tell the musicianship and how wonderful and tight these guys were. And by that time, we had we've been hiring them for several parties, and they were kind of becoming friends of the family. And so I was asked to do a couple of songs on a REMI anniversary thing. And so a lot of people from, from Athens were coming up and doing a few songs. And so I needed a band. So, and the best musicians I could think of was Brian. And I, I tell you what, anything I threw at him, he nailed. I mean, he's a fantastic <laughs> musician. Wow. And, and Lemuel, too, incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a drummer. Great drummer. Yeah. He's the drum tech on the B-52s tour. How did that come about? Well, Sterling came to visit, and he was interested. I'd been playing him some music from, you know, from the studio, and he was fascinated. And I invited him to the studio to meet everybody. So he came, and it was a big treat for Ryan and Lemuel and, and Suni. And they took him around town, and and they jammed in the studio. And so... I mean, it was a really big treat. And so that's how Lemuel met Sterling. But so his regular tech was leaving. So he had to find a new tech. And I think he was so impressed by Lemuel that he offered Lemuel the job. And so Lemuel was tickled. That he was He loved it. Oh, that's awesome. That's so fun. So you guys are actually touring around in a van, like the olden days. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, we're starting over. Anytime you start a new project, you know, these days things are a lot different. And and you know what, Portia, I'm, I wouldn't have it any other way. I am really enjoying going back and starting afresh and, and winning the audience and watching the project grow, you know. I, I mean, I wouldn't want it to be given to me, you know, and the band. It's blowing their mind, you know, because we're building and it's been one big adventure. And you're part of it, Portia. Thank you. Oh, it's been such a pleasure to work with you guys. Everybody on your team is so terrific and having, you know, just having fun. I mean, part of this show, you know, this, this podcast is really about the music business. And one of the target audiences that we have is young people, you know, young musicians who are trying to figure out their feet and move their careers forward. Sure. And so we're always trying to give them some good information about about the kinds of stuff that you can expect and that and what and how really to handle your business because I feel like today more than ever 
you know, back in the day, and you know this super well, Mm -hmm. you used to be able to write and record an album and then the label would put it out and then, you know, people would buy it with money Yeah, (laughs) and you'd get royalties Uh and you'd go on tour. And and we had this ecosystem that sort of worked that way. Yeah. But nowadays it's not quite the same. You know, there was this tectonic shift when the MP3 came around and and people decided that music should be free, (laughs) you know, which those of us who are doing this, you know, working hard behind the scenes know is really kind of a bad compromise because there's no less work that goes into producing the music. I know. So, you know, the idea that music should be free so that the artists don't get compensated and all the people who've worked hard don't get compensated, you know, that's that's a problematic point of view. It, it really is, and it makes it difficult. I mean, everybody has to keep their day job, and it's really hard for young bands to get their feet on the ground with the, you know, it's, it really is. Exactly. Yeah. So we're trying to help everybody on this show. We're trying to help people know, you know, it's like, okay, there's a lot of ways you can make money in the industry. There's a lot of income streams now. Mm -hmm. So how do you do that? And how do you figure out, you know, okay, be aware of this, be aware of that, you know, from everything from publishing, you know, understanding your publishing to, you know, what kind of income is happening from streaming to stuff like sound exchange. You know, there's money out there from sound exchange. Make sure you're signed up for that. Yes. So, you know, I, I think it's so exciting to talk to you because you've done it every way that there is to do it. You know, you've been on a band in a band that's had big success, yeah. radio hits, you know, mm-hmm. and then you've mm-hmm. also now you're moving back toward sort of towards your roots with this band that's, you know, it's a smaller deal. You're on an independent label. Yeah. You know, you're out there in a van. <laughs> you're kind of doing it every way. You have to do it on budget. And, you know, definitely. And I've, this has been a big wake-up call for me is, you know, I really have to watch where the money goes. And so we have the van and everybody's in it, you know. And But it's like a big adventure, like I said. And, and uh, all I can tell you is the story is still being written. <laughs> right. And isn't that great? It's, yeah. it's good to still be in the story, right? <laughs> it, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> And Absolutely. I'm looking forward to going on the road again with the band. It's really energizing. People ask me, they said, Cindy, aren't you getting worn out by doing the B-52s and the solo? I said, you know, you think I would be, but actually it's been very energizing and I get a, a real kick out of it. So it's it's kind of, uh, it's good for me. Yeah. You know, so I'm loving it. Oh, that's great.
That was Mystic by Cindy Wilson. You're listening to The Future of What? If you're enjoying this program, like us on Facebook and become a subscriber on iTunes. Support for The Future of What? comes from Merch Table. Kill Rockstars has partnered with Merch Table for almost six years now, and they've come through for us in a lot of ways. Like when the comedian Kurt Braunohler wanted a face towel with his face on it? Merch Table found a way to make this, and it's been one of our most popular items in our mail order store. KRS loves Merch Table. You're listening to The Future of What? I'm talking to Cindy Wilson. So how do you, I mean, you've done this for so long and you've been married and you have children. You know, how do you balance being a working musician? Because I recently had a panel Mm -hmm. for my uh, 100th episode where we had Corin Tucker from Slater Kinney. We had Peter Buck from R.E.M. And we had Laura Veers and Cool Nuts on the panel. And these are all, you know, people have been doing this for years and years and have families. Mm -hmm. And I asked them, how do you, you know, how do you make this work in your life this particular type of job, because this is a very different job than having, you know, I go to an office nine to five every day. Yeah, it's it's, it's absolutely true. I mean, there's no two ways around it. You do have to travel. You are going to be away. But if I was man or woman, you know, it, should, it shouldn't be judged if I'm the mother and I'm, a, I'm away, you know working for the family. But luckily, my kids, they're used to it. I I had the luxury of being home till they were like a little older. And I I brought them on tour with me and on these big tour buses. You know, I had the family bus, which I had a a nanny and and my husband and, and my kids. And we would, after the, you know, we'd put the kids to bed before the show. And they'd be watching me teasing my hair and putting on makeup, <laughs> and then they'd go to bed. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! And I know. And then, uh, and then afterwards, I would come and uh, get on the bus with the family, and that was fine with me. I would just crash, and and with my kids, you know, in the bed, and it, it was it was very romantic. <laughs> You know, but there came a certain point where you couldn't take them anywhere because after a certain point, they had to go to school and they get bored. Oh, can you imagine? (laughs) I know. And also it became not budget friendly to bring the family. And so we, you know, that was part of it too, but they had a good dose of it. Yeah. And, and so, and so they know, they know what mama's doing. Yes. Yeah. And so it's just second nature. I mean, it's, it's what's natural in our family. You know, luckily I have a, a really wonderful, wonderful husband who's been there from day one. I mean, I met, I don't know if you know the story, but I met my husband at the same party that the BPP2 played for the first time. Yep. So I had <laughs> my, my career, and I met my husband at the same party. It was, and the planets must have been aligned a certain way or something. Absolutely. But, you know, so my, but my family, they're, they're fine. They're college age now. Mm-hmm. And actually, we're here in Athens hanging out together tonight and because I have to go back out, you know, soon. So we're having a good time at the house in Athens, uh, just chilling. But it's it's perfectly natural. I do what I have to do for my kids. And 
I do love what I do to make a living, yeah. you know, unapologetically, you know. Absolutely. And um, I'm an artist, you know, so I'm really lucky and I know I'm lucky. And I think I've given them, my family, a good life from the work that I've done, you know, so I'm, I'm proud. Yeah. I'm proud of it. And my husband pats me on the back because sometimes I get guilty. I think anybody does. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm away so much. And he says, Cindy, you're doing the best you can and you, you're doing good. So I'm, you know, I'm, I feel good about things. Absolutely. So. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm in the same boat. You know, I'm the breadwinner in my family too. So I'm away and my uh-huh. husband's the stay at home dad. And, right. you know, he, he's there when my son gets off the bus and he gives him his snack <laughs> and takes him to taekwondo and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, exactly. And, Exactly. And sometimes that can be hard in American culture, you know, because you're saying to yourself, oh, well, you know, I'm supposed to be there, all this stuff as a mother. <laughs> but, you know. You wouldn't believe, I, I mean, you wouldn't believe how much that still goes on. You I know. know. The guilt the guilt trip, you know. Which, yeah. I mean, my husband, he's he's strong, and so he, he just laughs at it all. So, <laughs> you know, he knows. He's, he's terrific. Yeah. No, mine too. I mean, it's, it's great, but it's also funny because, you know, it's, this is America and we're in 2017 and the, the notion that we should be having these, you know, feelings from the fifties or whatever, like, but I should be home and, you know, (laughs) you know, that's ridiculous on some level. (laughs) I know, right. But we, but we're doing good, Portia. We're doing good. I know. We're feeding our families. Yay. (laughs) It's the good stuff. (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. Thank you. 
That was On the Inside by Cindy Wilson. If you're enjoying this program, please subscribe to our show on iTunes and leave us a review. To find out what's coming up next, follow us on Twitter at KRSFOW. You're listening to The Future of What? I'm talking to Cindy Wilson. So what would you say, I mean, after 40 years of doing the B-52s and having really been a career musician, Mm -hmm. what would you say some of your business takeaways are? Like if you were asked to get in front of a class of young people who were musicians, who were, you know, starting their careers and, and getting geared up, what would you, what kind of advice would you give them about stuff they should just really think about or pay attention to? Well, like you said, it's a different day from when I started. And I'm actually listening to the younger people. They're telling me things that I need to know what what is expected. And it's a totally different thing now. What I would say is keep doing the music and really stay focused, you know, and budget. Budget. Oh, that's smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. pay attention to your budget. budget. <laughs> yes, budget for it because it can get away from you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I mean, tell me what you think about this because there was this moment and you lived through it and I lived through it where, you know, before a certain date, there was such a thing as selling out. Remember that? When people were like, oh, I would never you know, do that this, was, that, or the other thing. You know, I think that was during the grunge era, right? Yeah, absolutely. More, more But I, I'm kind of pre-grunge as far as the B-52 started a little, oh, about 76, I think, 77. But, but we were, yeah, we came from roots. I mean, we weren't like a packaged band or anything. We were originals came from the roots, from Athens, Georgia to New York, you know, and then Australia. We broke in Australia and then Europe. And and it's funny how it happens like that. You don't necessarily have to break in the United States first. You no. can break in a different country, True. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So And then sometimes it'll follow around like that. And that's what happened to the B-52s, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But in terms of just planning, just planning how you're mm-hmm. going to have your career go, you know, I feel like we're back to those times. You know, there's no such thing anymore as selling out. There's instead there's, oh, you know, that's right. Selling out. Yeah. The thing is, you are a commodity. You right. know, you are. I mean, it is art, but it's also your product when you're trying to sell so you can uh, make a living or and do more art, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, and there's no shame with that. I mean, we do shows for corporations, but we make sure that it's people that we approve of, not some pharmaceutical company that's, <laughs> you know, th- things that we don't approve of, right? Right. And so we have the choice of who we play with. And if you have, I think you should have scruples and and not just go for the money. But there's definitely a, a way of doing it. Oh, yeah. It's just funny that, you know, it's funny that, that that conversation has sort of, it came and went. And now we're in this, you know, this era of, of I feel like people are, are back at, do you remember the cultural idea of, oh my God, now I've forgotten her name. She was a movie star and that she was discovered mm-hmm. in a Shraft's drugstore in L.A. or something like that, like Lana Turner or somebody. Uh, Lana Turner. Was it Lana Turner? Yeah. yeah. 
And, yeah. and I feel like we've come full circle. And now in American culture, we've got that whole idea all over again of like, you could just be, you know, putting your videos up on YouTube and all of a sudden you're going to be discovered and someone's going to make you famous <laughs> and it's going to all just be overnight, you know, and there's no work involved. Yeah. There's no hard labor. There's no effort. You know, it's just overnight. Boom. You're the sensation. No, I think, you know, you've got to do the tour and you've got to yeah, put the work in. You're going to have to give up time. And like I said, stay focused. And, you know, a lot of people are doing like two bands at a time. I don't know how they do that, but it's it's a thing. But once you find the band that you want to do, you should put all your energy into that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, you're doing two bands. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's Caught. true. But one's already kind of established. So it's not like building two at one time. But you got me. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I think that's fascinating that you say that instead of giving advice, you're, you're listening to the young people around you. What are they talking about? What's, what's of interest to young musicians today? Well, just the way that you have to approach. We would bring our equipment, and it was mostly just uh, budgeting. So it was more like each time that you play, you've got to cut corners and figure out how you're going to make it to the next show, you know, and like on on the tour here, we're staying at Airbnbs and eating at Whole Foods <laughs> instead of, you know, like being very posh, you know, and, right. and so, yeah, it's just like kind of figuring it out. Yeah, as you go along. And mm -hmm. of course, that could be down to your record label. I guess we should speak to them about providing you guys with more of a tour budget. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll talk later. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Cindy <laughs> Wilson, it's been such a delight to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on The Future of What today. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure, Portia. Anytime. And that's our show. The music we played today was used by permission. You heard Cindy Wilson and, of course, our theme song, Mind Your Own Business by the Delta Five. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. For more info on our shows, check out our website at killrockstars.com slash the future of what and sign up for our newsletter. Our program was engineered by Brent Asbury at Beta Petrol and is produced by Will Watts and Anna McLean. I'm Portia Sabin, president of Kill Rockstars. See you next week. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.